We took a little break, but we're back. Hello and welcome to episode eight of the Ropper Podcast, aka the Raw Perspective Podcast, the show where we give you a raw, authentic, and unfiltered take on the latest in entertainment, politics, and more. Thank you guys for joining us. If you haven't done so already, support this podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast and also subscribe to the YouTube page and Facebook page as well. I am your host, Lex, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, DJ. How have you been? Good. Only glad we're back. It's yeah, been, it's been a few weeks, right? Yeah. Busy few weeks. Yeah, we appreciate you guys for, uh, for sticking with us. Uh, had a few things we had to handle, but um, we're back. Let's get the show started. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Raw Perspective Podcast. So for my route take this week, uh, I want to talk about Tom Cruise. I'm sure you guys have heard the um, recording. He was uh, secretly uh, recorded going off on some of the members of the uh, Mission Impossible 7 crew for breaking COVID-19 protocol. So the uh, upcoming movie is due to, uh, I mean, it's still filming, but um, so it will probably be out in uh, 2022. On the uh, recording, he threatened to fire anyone who doesn't follow the rules while also citing the difficulties the uh, industry is experiencing during the pandemic. I do understand his point. Um, maybe he didn't take the right approach, but some people need to be talked to like that. And that's the only way they understand. Yeah. And especially with them, because my understanding, they started filming March. All the Corona stuff affected everything. So they had to stop. They were able to resume. Somebody contracted COVID, so they had to stop again. So it's it's pushing this timeline further out. So pushing jobs out, pushing money out, pushing income out. So I can understand why he'd be uh, as heatedly passionate as he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was pissed. Like I know you were reading some of the comments, and uh, you know a lot of people are making fun of it. But yeah, he's a producer. Yep. For the film. And um, I can't understand, you know, with all the previous setbacks that they've had with the film, yeah. having to push a recording and um, also already having somebody that contracted uh, COVID-19 just pushes everything back. And, you know, when you're a passionate person and you're working on a project and yep. you're a perfectionist, you want everything to go to plan and you just want everything to be to run as efficiently as possible. And yeah. No, it is frustrating because I've been in similar situations, um, especially like group projects in school. Oh, yeah. When you got that one guy that's not taking it seriously and yep. you're the one that's got to bring everybody together and everybody expects you to do everything. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, definitely. So I kind of understand his uh, point of view. A lot of people don't realize those big films, a lot of money is involved. Yeah. Just to get it started. Yeah. And then Tom Cruise produces most of his own movies that he acts in. So he's usually taking the helm. And he's basically the boss. Yeah, pretty much. So he so, does have a right to threaten to fire people. Yeah, he does. I mean, if if they're filming in a location where they've already got certain rules um, and then they're disregarding those rules, then I'd say as a boss or as a leader, he has every right to to be able to fix that or fire people under him. So, yeah. I mean, it's a tough place to be in, especially yeah, the, uh, with everything going on now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, With the pandemic, we can argue that the movie industry 
is one of the hardest hit industries during oh, this I, pandemic. So that's why he's really furious because, you know, he's trying to do this right. He's trying to, because, you know, they have deadlines and stuff and with everything already yep. pushed back, you know, it's it's personal for him. Yeah, it is. You know, other people, it's just a job, but it's personal for him. He has so much at stake and w- what he's trying to accomplish. Um, he also had another movie, uh, Top Gun Two, I think it was called. Is is that what it's called? Yeah, the the new the new yeah, the sequel Gun. to Top Gun. Yeah, that got pushed back as well. Um, I don't know if they were finished recording, but that was supposed to be released. I think it's supposed to release this month. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that got pushed back. Yep. So you know he got a lot on his plate, and he's a very prolific prolific actor. Yeah. And he's always putting something out. He has. He's probably got over a hundred films um I would imagine in his career already. Probably if yeah. Yeah, so you know, he's used to being consistent. Yep. And with the pandemic, he's not being able to be consistent. No. And it's, so that's probably another thing that's adding to his stress level. Yeah, the pandemic, the new rules, not being able to meet deadlines. I mean, there's there's a lot going into it, especially as a producer. Yeah, and usually those films as well, um, they're shot all across the world yeah and you know that's another restriction that they may have they're not able to travel as freely yep. a lot of equipment and you know people that build stages and stuff like that yeah. Yeah, it's just it's a lot that goes into this stuff and my understanding there that would have been in the uk where they were filming so mm-hmm. there's a little bit stricter stricter covid guidelines than there are in parts of the u.s yeah and movies takes months to film so I don't know. Hopefully they get it done. Um, a lot of people found it comical. A lot of people thought it was over the top, but yeah, um, I understand it. There's over just on YouTube. There's over 3000 comments just on one of the videos. Oh yeah. Let's, uh, let's hear um, some of them. The top one is if this is, or if this isn't going to be an extra on the Blu-ray, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> uh, this is better dialogue than most stuff you hear in the movies. He sounds like he's cross-examining Jack Nicholson. Imagine as soon as he's finished talking and one of the guys says, and cut. <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's a bunch of people making fun of, but there's also a bunch of people um, saying stuff like, damn, I wish I had someone at my job protecting me like this. And someone's like, go on, Tom, you tell them if more people are like this, so we wouldn't be stuck in tier three. So, I mean, even just in the comments, you can see some, like it's about 50-50 split, really. Half the people are praising, half the people are poking fun of. Uh, and I, I think it's a reflection of how society's viewing the pandemic now. Half people yeah. are taking it to both extremes, really. Yeah. Um, being overly serious or not so serious. So it's just different world we're living in right now. Different yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what's your raw take for this week? Uh, my raw take is the Rogue Squadron movie, a Star Wars spinoff. Mm-hmm. Um, Patty Jenkins is going to be producing it and directing it. I think producing it. Uh, and she also did the Wonder Woman movies, but I'm excited for this one because I think it's going to be a really good fighter pilot type of movie. Why is why is that? Is it because of the uh, director or what? Uh, the between the director and just the Rogue Squadron, so you're going to see a lot of the the X-wing fighters and mm-hmm. the, the, that Star Wars feel. But um, I think she can put a good spin on it and make it. Uh, it she'll make it good. I think it'll it'll end up making Top Gun look like a kid's movie. Really? I think so. <laughs> I mean, uh, Star Wars has had a lot of spinoffs. And um not a big Star Wars fan. 
you know, I know I might get a lot of flack for this, but it looks a little cheesy for me. Yeah. And uh, so you think as somebody that doesn't like Star Wars like that would enjoy the, that uh, spinoff a lot? I bit? think so. If they can do that Mandalorian type feel where they're yeah. stepping away from the lightsaber battles and the Star Wars yeah. stuff and actually focus and own in on the individuals as a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if they do it right, Rogue Squadron can be a really good movie. Really yeah, because movie. I do like the Mandalorian. Yep. And, um, I don't know what it is. It's just the feel looks a little more authentic. Yeah. And it's not cheesy. And I don't know. I, I just got tired of seeing like little lasers, like spaceships yeah. shooting little lasers, like little toys, like ping, 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 like yep. that. You know what I mean? And I, I think a lot of people like Mandalorian because it's very personal. Yeah. And I think if they're doing a rogue squadron, I think they're going to make it really personal. So you're going to have some fun characters that are probably in Star Wars lore mm-hmm. that a lot of people have seen in the movies and actually go into their story a little more. So I think it'll make it a, a good flick. Yeah, I'll try to check it out. And, um, you know, again, I don't like uh, Star Wars, but what they've been doing recently, especially with the uh, Mandalorian, yep. you know, it's very, very interesting. You know, after watching the Mandalorian, I try to go back. You yeah. know, and say, hey, you know, maybe Star Wars is not that bad. And I try to go back and watch the older movies and it just it ain't it still didn't do it for me, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it is. Yeah. I can't I don't know, I just doesn't intrigue me. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with the way that they were filmed. So like the episodes four, five, and six were filmed way back in the day, and then you have episodes one, two, and three filmed in what 99 early 2000 mm. then the newest ones which are completely different from the other ones so it's just years years and years of gaps between the movies so things look different feel different and actors were acting different yeah it's just inconsistent apparently there's like some kind of beef between star trek and star wars fans yeah can you talk about that basically star wars is better and star trek sucks so Uh, obviously star wars was the first of its kind right my understanding yeah because i've seen some old um like star trek type movies yep so there's they're two totally different realms was it was star trek originally a tv show yeah i'm pretty sure it was a tv show so i never got into star trek the newer movies i like a lot Mm. i think the new movies are really good Star Wars, the first one came out in the 80s, right? 70s. Oh, 70s? Oh, yeah. I think it was 77, 78. So Star Trek must have been in the 80s then. Uh, I think it was around early 80s, maybe even late 70s. Mm. So they were all about the same time. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, really, like, I mean, as somebody that doesn't watch either one, they kind of look the same to me it's just probably different storylines um, they got similar looking characters and yeah well kind of. so star wars would be more like old lore and past and mm-hmm. uh myths type of thing while star trek would be more futuristic i would say yeah because they don't have lightsabers or anything like no that. and they're more what would mankind look like in the future and Star Wars would be like, well, what would mankind look like if we were millions of years in the past type of thing? That's how mm-hmm. I think it's viewed. So just two totally different spectrums, but 
Yeah, and another thing too, um, I kind of noticed from Star Trek is that it's mostly filmed in like spaceships and yeah, like everything's done in space. Yep. But Star Wars, it, there's some of that too, but you know, they're in different planets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the main differences. Yeah. 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 I just never understood what the beef was, you know, yeah. with a lot of people. <laughs> I think people like one or the other, but not a lot of people like both oh, for yeah? some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got their own little cult. So yeah, they do. All right, it's time to go raw. All right, so uh, first topic, um, it's been a year since Disney released their uh, streaming platform. So that happened in uh, 2019 with uh, Disney Plus. But they're saying, projections are saying that Disney Plus is expected to match Netflix uh, subscription numbers by 2022. Are you surprised? No, I'd probably think it'd be sooner. How many people have you met that haven't seen The Mandalorian? That's, that's true. just one yeah. show off of Disney Plus. That's true. That, that's really what got me into Star Wars. Like I was talking about earlier, you know, Man Lauren, you know, you, you guys were talking about it a lot at work. There yep. was a lot of talks about uh, Baby Yoda. Yeah. Everywhere. And, uh, yeah. And then I was like, hmm, let me check it out. And uh, I checked it out and it's great. Yep. You know? One thing I will say, though. <clears throat> okay. So Disney, of course, their main play is classics yeah and yeah their their library is massive but i think their problem is i guess you can say originals you know like new original like as you see netflix spends billions and billions of dollars just hit or miss like movies and tv shows like they, they just keep spending i find their new content you know although you might not like it, but, you know, you got to give it up for somebody who's at least trying to yeah. come out with new things. But Disney, they just hang their hat on classics. Yeah. So it is hard for me to believe that they will match um, Netflix subscription counts in 2022. Yeah, no, I, Disney's just so big mm-hmm. um, between them just being Disney and then getting everything from Marvel and I think Marvel will be what really propels them. Yeah. Because although Marvel is based on um, comics of the past, but it's just fresh spins on things of the past. But when Disney does remakes and live actions, it's 90% of what the original was. Pretty much. Yeah. Except, for um the the last uh the new uh Mulan film that they just uh put out it was that was very different it was way different than what Disney normally does yeah they had had the same foundation yep but it was completely different yep so that's one thing I would say so yeah it is it is very hard for me to believe um you know I mean it's good for them um, one thing that like with the whole streaming wars that people really didn't take into consideration is the fact that yes, a household can subscribe to multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. They always thought it was one or the other. No, like I have, I've, I've subscribed to probably like five of them. Yeah. Like, like I, we, we don't yeah. even have cable TV anymore. Yeah. So we don't, we just stream everything. So between 
Disney, Hulu, Netflix, HBO um, Max, HBO Max, Prime, CBS All Access, Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a just, lot it, it's, because they all have different content. Yeah, and it's more it's more content than any one family will probably ever be able to watch in their lifetime. True. Um, now there's some there's favorites in our household that everybody likes to watch, like Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Quickly, our favorite for at least for our family. Um, but then my wife watches her own shows and kids all, well, they play video games, but they watch their shows too occasionally. Yeah. And then depending on what service provider for you have for cell phone or internet, a lot of these streaming services you can get for free. Technically, no. Well, yeah, you're, you're paying for them, <laughs> but you aren't paying separately. Yeah. You're paying for it indirectly. Yeah. Cause I thought the same too, uh, with T-Mobile, I have supposedly free netflix yeah when i check my bill you know it's in there it's yeah it's, it's at a discounted rate yep it's yeah yeah so you're still paying for it yeah you're still pay- but i mean you aren't paying all these separate little bills anymore yeah. it's just they're saying hey if you go with at&t you'll get hbo you go with t-mobile you get netflix you do this you'll get whatever it is streaming's easy yeah absolutely yeah so that's one thing they never really considered you know but you yeah. know if- like you were saying, some people don't have cable and all they do is uh, stream everything. All you need is a uh, Wi-Fi in your household. Yep. That's it. You got everything you need. All right. So next, uh, let's talk about the uh, latest Call of Duty game titled uh, Cold War. Uh, it's been receiving a lot of negative feedback. So me personally, I haven't played. The last Call of Duty I played was uh, Black Ops 2. Because after that, I think it went horribly like all the, I don't know. It just seemed like the same game to me, yeah, over and over. Like it just changed things, and I only play Call of Duty for zombies, to be honest with you. Then you'd like Cold War, yeah. That's the only thing that was good about Cold War is the zombies. To me, Call of Duty is kind of like Madden, where that's another game I used to play, and um, it's just it stopped innovating. Yeah, you know? it's just they. Just think, like building, rebuilding a game from scratch, it takes a lot. Takes a ton. of hours. Yeah, it takes a lot of man hours. It like it takes a lot. So, and then they're doing that. They're coming out a new game every year. So yeah. Just imagine, like that's really not possible. No, they're recycling. Yeah. So they're definitely recycling. Yep. And they're just putting new labels on it and. Changing map colors around, changing the art. Yeah, that's that's really all they're doing. But the mechanics and stuff is basically the same. <clears throat> yeah, for the most part. Um, up until Modern Warfare and Warzone, that whole package. It A was, lot of people like Warzone. It Warzone's good. It's it's fun. It's really fun. So you got a lot of the same old Call of Duty elements back to basics, but with some new features that make sense. Mm. And I think they're trying to do that with Cold War, but they just missed the mark. Uh, and I, I think the error that they were picking is just, it's not interesting to people. So really, they released like three Call of Duty games this year then, huh? Uh, or is Warzone like just an online thing? Or? Yeah, Warzone's an online. Okay, so it's not a real actual like standalone game. So the way they've got it is you got Warzone and Modern Warfare and then the campaign all in one package. But you could download Warzone mm-hmm. and play that without getting the campaign or gotcha. the the multiplayer okay. aspect of it. Yeah, that makes sense. And then Cold War 
kind of the same thing, but they've kind of just put it into Warzone, mm-hmm. that whole package. So now there's four selections that you can select from. So it's just, it's, they're trying to streamline all their Call of Duty franchise stuff into one and funnel everything into that and build upon that, it looks like. So do you think, like, the reason that they're recycling so much is due to limitations of the last generation of consoles? Like, do you think with the next generation of consoles, they'll be able to do more and, you know, improve not just design, but mechanics and different things as well? Yes and no. I think, yeah, they'll be able to change the mechanics somewhat. Um, the graphics will definitely be better. Mm-hmm. I think because there's such a following and it's it's such an easy game to just jump on, play a couple matches, and then not do anything else after that. Yeah. Or you can sit there and play for 15 hours a day till your controller's dead. Yeah, another and, problem, too, is their lack of competition. Because you remember initially, when they first started out, I'd say like, 2000 like up to like 2005 between 2005 and 2010 um i forgot who their competitor was medal of honor so yeah medal of honor mm-hmm. halo call of duty like. and then there was um there were, what was the game where um you have like a a gun chainsaw what was that called uh gears gears of war yeah yeah that i, I used to like that game but you know they fell off yeah but um, yeah, I think it's because, you know, competition drives innovation. Yep. And it doesn't seem like they've had a lot of competition recently. Kind of like Madden. They're the yeah, only football game out there. Yeah, there's no other really. You know, so if Madden had competition, they wouldn't be acting like that. You know, if 2K decided to come out with football. Yeah, it'd be way different. Yeah. Because, um, you know, that was the same thing for uh, NBA 2K. You know, that was NBA Live. Yep. They were competing, you know, for the longest early 2000s. And then 2K won out and nobody plays NBA Live anymore. No. And if you look at Madden, like they they haven't changed much since Game Boy football platforms. Yeah. Like you pick what your plays you're going to be doing. And then for the most part, the AI runs what it's supposed to do. And then they just control that one character. Yeah. These game companies are trying to release stuff so quick because there's such a demand. Yeah. That they're getting it to a playable version, but not a perfected version. I think what they do is, so they rush it, playable version, like you're saying, and then release like a 12 gigabyte update. Yeah. With things, you know, that they were still working on. Yep. Yeah, because especially Call of Duty, man, those update files. Dude, they're huge. Like, it's crazy. All the time. Because when I bought my uh, PS4, when it first came out or whatever. I think I got the uh, 500 gig. And you remember at the time, you're like, 500 gig, that's a lot. Yeah. You know, more. But now I can, I can only have like five games downloaded into my library because yeah. of, you know, how much the up, how many file, how big the uh, update files are. Yep. Like, that's ridiculous, man. Like, just think looking, back then, 500 gigs was a lot, but now yeah. it's nothing. Now the games are 70 to 120 gigabytes each. I mean, just even The Last of Us 2. Um, that one was I think close to eighty gigabytes. And that's just a standalone single player that just a one person game. That's ridiculous. So man. just the amount of graphics and content that they're putting in the games is just massive now. Yes. Ridiculous. All right, so let's move on now. So Denzel Washington, 
uh, is uh, reportedly furious and blindsided because Warner Brothers is sending his new film titled The Little Things to HBO Max. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I think I'd be kind of furious too, especially if it wasn't in the contract and you're fully expecting to go to theaters. Yeah, of uh, course it wasn't in the contract because nobody predicted, you know, this pandemic. Yeah. So, I mean, having something sent to directly to a streaming service, like we're in a time where we, we don't know mm-hmm. how that's going to look. Um, and the entertainment industry is built upon sending it to movie theater, getting that yeah. lump sum of money from the theaters. And then kind of going from there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, I think I would be kind of furious starting out too. But now with the stream platform, you have the potential to have more people watch a movie. More people means more hype, means more publicity. And eventually it's going to turn around when more people are going to end up watching that movie or buying that movie or subscribing to the streaming service. So in turn, I think, uh, I think you'd end up making more money and more steady income versus just getting it all in two weekends. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the main reason why he was mad is because he was blindsided. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, with a A-list actor like Denzel Washington, you know, like to Warner brothers, you know, like a big company like that. Oh yeah. Like he's nothing basically, but you got to keep your actors close. You know what I mean? Like you should, share information with them and let them know, hey, you know, because of the pandemic, we're not going to be able to release it in theaters. You know, I'm sure he understands why it can't be released in theaters, but, you know, you should communicate that with him before going public. You know, so I I really think that's really what he's mad about. And also, you got to restructure the contract. Yeah, you do. It's not going to be the same as going to theaters. You know, he's not going to make the same amount that he was originally unless you restructure that contract. Yeah. Absolutely. They're going to have to bite the bullet and try to give him what he's worth, you know, because yep. I think he makes 20 to 30 million a film. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, that works out for him, but he, they sh- definitely should not have blindsided him. No, they, sh- they shouldn't have. Yeah, but hey, I have HBO Max, so I win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to get that movie well, for free. Yeah, you're going to be able to see the movie. So, I mean. Yeah, that's one thing they didn't specify, though, because. If all their movies are going to HBO Max, Warner Brothers movies, that is, is it going to be like what Disney did with Mulan, where you got to pay like $30 or just, you know, you get it for free just by being a subscriber? Um, I'd imagine with these new releases, we're going to see it. We're going to have to pay for them. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the only way. I personally like it because for a family of five to go to a movie theater now, it's 100 bucks by the time you get tickets, drinks, and popcorn. That's it. Yeah. 100 bucks. So I'd much rather spend $30 on a movie, be able to watch it in my own house and go make my own popcorn and spend $5 at the dollar store on some candy <laughs> than spending $100 every time I want to go see a new movie. And I think the way the movie industry is going, because it seems like it's going to be going more that direction where you're going to be releasing in theaters until theaters aren't around anymore. And everything on a streaming, whatever platform they have a contract with, basically. So the cool part is, is I think our home theater technology is going to be better and cheaper in the future. Yeah. So it'll be nothing for somebody to be able to set up a nice TV or projector or whatever the case may be in a good surround sound system, because 
that's going to be the way that's going to be the standard i think in the future of watching movies yeah i think so too all right so let's move on to ben or bench in this segment we discuss new and upcoming tv and movie releases and determine whether we'll be throwing them in the bin as in the trash or binge watching them all right so first up warner brothers is releasing a new mortal kombat film on april 2021 ben oh or bench uh i probably won't watch it <laughs> just because the last one was i mean the last so, one was a long time ago though. i know but was it mortal kombat annihilation yeah it was just so bad yeah. it was just bad yeah that was, that was definitely horrible the first one i liked it it was great yep but um so the only way i'll be binging this is if they start all over again yeah they'd have to it, it can't be a sequel to Mortal Kombat Annihilation. No. Yeah, they got to start all over with new characters and yep. a better storyline. Because it's always... Or at least have a storyline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Annihilation was all over the place, man. Yeah. Yeah, I had Just, no idea what the heck was going on. No, I, I've tried to watch it again as an adult. And I got like five minutes into it. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't. Yeah. So with the new one, yeah, they got they got a lot of redeeming to do before I watch it. And it would be dope if, I mean, of course, we're going to have improved graphics and, you know, um, stunts and special effects and stuff like that. Yeah. But the interesting thing would be if, because, you know, over the years, especially with the video game, they've introduced new characters. Oh, yeah. So if they could implement those characters yep. into that movie as well, along with the, of course, the core characters like Sub-Zero, Scorpion, yeah, Luke Cage. And um, yeah. So if they could add those new characters as well, it it'll be the best Mortal Kombat movie ever. Good, because <laughs> yeah. they need it absolutely. Okay. Uh, also, there's gonna be a new Pinocchio film that's set to release on Christmas Day. However, it's only gonna be in theaters. So with that said, no way I'm binging that. Yeah, because <laughs> ain't nobody going to theaters. No, and um. Watching the trailer, it's, looks creepy. <laughs> it really does. Like, um, it reminds me of the uh, the Sonic film. Do you remember it got pushed back because yep. they try to make him look too realistic? Yeah, which I'm glad they changed it. Yeah, with the uh, change, it looks great. Yep, that's what it should have been. Yeah, from the get go. You know, that's one of the um, one of the benefits of releasing trailers oh, because yeah. you're still working on the movie, but you know, you're giving people a snippet of what to expect. Yep. You know, so based on that feedback, you get to go back and, you know, make changes and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it cost them like 20 to 30 million to redo oh. all the special effects. Jeez. That's yeah. a, that's an expensive mistake. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. But it's better to did it like that as opposed to releasing it already out in theaters and everybody's like what the heck is that yeah no kidding you know so yeah i don't know the watch the trailer for pinocchio it looks looks like pinocchio for the most part the same story but the way that it was filmed like i just can't get over how pinocchio looks yeah it look it looks yeah. like a kid slathered in peanut butter yeah that's <laughs> what it looks like to me so it's just kind of uh it's just weird so what happens with um live action movies, man, they try to go over the top. Yeah. And, you know, the characters or 
if something's that old, right? Yep. People already have an idea of what to expect. And oh, yeah. if it's different from what they're expecting, they're not going to like it. No, they won't. You know, so you got to try to make it look as close as um, the original as you can. Yep. Then, um, you know, we should also say that Disney was not a part of this new Pinocchio film. No. And um, there's also a new Pino- another Pinocchio film that's going to be released uh, next year in, on um, Netflix. Yep. And that's going to be starring Tom Hanks. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so I think he's going to be Pinocchio's dad um, in that film. Nice. So it's going to be two Pinocchio films back to back, I guess. Oh, be yeah. interesting. Yeah, it'd be very interesting. Next up, uh, we got Chadwick Boseman's final film uh, before his passing. It's titled uh, Ma Rain's Black Bottom. Uh, it's set to release on Netflix on December 18th. Ben or Bench? I'll watch that one. Yeah, I like the uh, trailer. It's not something I like the type of movies I usually get into, but, you know, they got some hard hitters in that movie. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and... um. It seems very interesting. You know, it's basically like a musical. Yeah, kind of like, uh, yeah, a musical kind of, but yeah. with a good story. Uh, great performances in that movie. And uh, I don't know, based on the trailer, it looks really, really good. Yeah, and just from know, the trailer, the costume design, the settings, yeah. like it all, it looks very authentic mm-hmm. and real. And um, based on the trailer, you already it feels like you're already getting a good connection with the characters. And I think for a minute and a half, two minutes, that's impressive. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, as you know, Chadwick Boseman, you know, he's a great actor. Yep. You know, so for this to be his last film and uh, how much he was suffering and struggling during that period. Yeah, it's it'd be a good to see, you know, the last thing he did before he went out. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to Life is Raw. So in this segment, we pick a classic movie in history that has an important life lesson and discuss how those lessons can be applied to everyday life. So since it's holiday season, of course, we pick The Grinch. Yep. So what, what do you think is the moral of The Grinch? Um, I think the, the basic moral is that people can change. Yep. So I think that's... That's the bare bone basic moral of the story. And there's a bunch of other stuff in there like being grumpy isn't going to get you very far. And it, it's better to give to people and have friends and family than it is just to be alone. I think that's the, the biggest things with Grinch. So when I think about the Grinch, I think about, you know, kids in middle school and high school that yeah. bully people. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of because, um, Typically, bullies, they bully people because of their own insecurities. Yeah. It might be stuff that's going on at home. Uh, they have, like, abusive uh, parents. Yep. Um, they're poor or, you know, anything like that. So, you know, they impose their insecurities on other people that they, they might be jealous of. or um, So, it's basically what the Grinch is. You know, he hates Christmas because of his own insecurities. He He's not happy inside, so he don't want anybody else to be happy. Yeah, and that's part of that 
is because he lives super far away from Whoville and yeah. lives in his own little cave and wants to be all by himself. So he never surrounds himself by friends or family, too. Exactly. It takes it, it just shows that it only takes one person. Yeah. You know, change somebody's life. Yeah. Basically. And that was the little girl named Cindy you know, in the movie. You know, he started liking her because of, I guess, her innocence. You know, everybody yeah. viewed him as a Grinch. Nobody liked him. Everybody feared him. Yep. But she didn't see any of that because of her innocence. Yeah. She just saw him as a person. And she also just showed just that little bit of kindness, a little bit more yep. kindness than what everybody else. Yep. Because everybody displayed. was fearful of him and didn't want him around. Yeah. You know, all, sometimes all somebody needs is a uh, little glimmer of hope. Yeah. That's usually all it takes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you see in a lot of cases, you know, people that are on the brink of committing suicide, they usually have one last cry for help. Yeah, they do. Yeah. You know, either calling a mom or dad or somebody that they're close to yep. just hoping that somebody will talk them out of it. Yeah. You know, not, you know, vocalizing it saying, Hey, you know, I'm about to kill myself. Can you help me? But like, just talking to them and yep. see what their response is. See, you know, if there's hope for them or just something to make them feel better. Yeah. Basically they're just looking for that, that little glimmer of, that hope or a little glimmer of love, a little bit of kindness, something yep. just to, to let them know that it's still there. Yeah, and absolutely. So with that said, um, do you think it's ever too late to change? No, I don't think it's ever too late to so see people in their seventies and eighties now have lived horrible lives and change. Yeah. I think it takes somebody who wants to change to do it. Absolutely. So, You'd have to want to change and then being able to surround yourself by Cindy Lou's will help as well. Yeah. Just surrounding yourself by the people that can give you that little bit of hope or kindness. Yeah. I think it's, it's harder for older people to change as opposed to younger people because same with everything in life. Once you develop a habit, yep. it's a lot harder for you to drop that habit. The older you get, because you've been doing it for so many years. Yeah. You know, but somebody who's had, you know, like 21 years old, you know, just started basically a habit. It's a lot easier for them. Yeah. You know, to change and um, fix their mistakes. You know, that's why it's so good to have uh, mentors in your life. Yep. You know, at whatever stage you are in your life, because there's always somebody that can teach you and, you know, help you go through certain things that you're not comfortable to talk with you know even the closest people in your life you know like yeah. your immediate family and stuff like that and life's not meant to be going through alone yeah like we're absolutely. very social we're social creatures that yeah. require other other people yeah that's why a lot of inmates you know the ones that get secluded or sent in the uh hole i guess yep. they call it you know they start going crazy because they don't have any human interaction yeah we're not we're not built for that we're not designed for that yeah so you you do need people and of course you know holiday season is supposed to be for you to think about what's mostly important you know it's not just about gifts and presents and stuff like yeah. that you know it's about family unity and stuff like that of course it's been commercialized and yep. if you don't have a gift for somebody then you're not a good son you're not a good parent or whatever um Which but 
why I'm kind of excited with this holiday season because of uh, the pandemic is there's not going to be a lot of gift buying like there was mm-hmm. previous years. Yeah. A lot of people don't have the money or the funds to do it first off. So, I mean, the only thing that a lot of people are going to be able to do is be able to get together. I mean, in groups of 10 or less, of course, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there, I, I think even though this year has been kind of crappy as far as a pandemic and lockdowns, I think it gives people the opportunity to step back, um, especially through the holiday season and see that it isn't about the gifts, but it's about the people and the people that are in your lives, whether it's family, friends, coworkers, just the people that you interact with daily. Yeah, absolutely. Although this pandemic has been horrible and a lot of people don't have jobs, a lot of people couldn't pay their mortgages. And, yep. But, you know, at the end of the day, you still got your loved one with you. Um, yep. This will pass and things will get better. So hopefully yep. 2021 is a uh, change uh, for the better. Yep. Yeah, and it's just temporary, just short season. Yep. So Absolutely. So let's uh, go ahead with the last segment of the day, uh, raw or flaw. So our first topic for, for uh, raw or flaw is um, you've seen the Mandalorian and they released the official name of Baby Yoda. Flaw. <laughs> Big flaw. <laughs> and his name is Grogu. Flaw. Why do you think so? Uh, first, they could have picked a way, a better name that's more baby yoda appropriate instead of something that sounds like a really bad drink at a bar but, <laughs> let me um, get a grogu <laughs> yeah it just it, it the name doesn't fit the persona that the people who watch mandalorian is established yeah so i think disney missed the mark on that name um especially when everybody calls him baby yoda and we know his name now and everybody's like yeah now nah, that's not happening we're gonna call him baby yoda yeah, I absolutely think it's a flaw as well because, okay, so last year when Mandalorian came out, Disney did not know it was going to be a hit because no. there weren't any merchandise. Especially with Baby Yoda, they had no clue. No merchandise at all. I think that they kind of got tired of people calling it Baby Yoda. Yeah. And that's why they took upon themselves. I mean, they could have kept going without giving it a name you know yeah i think i think if they just kept going without giving yeah. it a name it would have kept that, that been mystery would have been yeah, way absolutely. better yeah that would have been better but so they got tired of it in my opinion and they decided hey let's give them a name and then people will start calling it that name but i doubt yeah. it pop people will probably still call it baby yoda yeah, no. Everybody <laughs> in my family was like, yeah, we're still calling Baby Yoda. Yeah, that's I'm much, like, I don't blame you. much better name, yep. in my opinion. Yeah, but Grogu. Yeah, yeah I, I think I would have been more happy if they just called him Max. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Grogu. Like, just something different. Yeah. Like, But, hey. All right, so HBO Max had also decided to drop uh, Chappelle's show from its uh, lineup after Dave Chappelle uh, publicly went on the tirade. While on stage uh, against streaming services because he was not being compensated for the um, Chappelle show. Raw or flaw? I think the whole situation could have been handled differently. They either need to pay him for his work or the rights to the Chappelle show or drop it. So, I mean. Well, that's the thing, though. They did pay him for his work. 
That's the contract he signed. Oh, so, so it's not illegal. So it's what not a continuing doing. contract or no, anything. No, oh, gotcha. No, no. Okay. Okay, so basically, what Dave Chappelle explained while he was on stage um, was the fact that you know he signed a contract because he was about to have a baby, mm-hmm. just got married and stuff like that. He didn't have much money. You know, contract looked great to him, and yeah. you know, of course. He got famous, you know, he made money, but, you know, like you were saying, it wasn't a continuing contract. So uh, the company owned the rights to the Chappelle show. And so, yes, it's his show, but he doesn't own it. Then they can do whatever they want. With so, it. yes, they can do whatever they want yeah. with it. But it, it's not a matter of is it legal or is it not? Is it it's just a matter of is it fair? Yeah, you know. if you sign the contract, then that's then I, it would be no different than me as an artist, being commissioned to do a, a piece, and then the person's like, I don't like it, and paints over it. Uh, I don't think it's the same. I think it. I think a better analogy would be, you know, like a musician or an artist, music artist, right? Yeah. You sign a contract with a label. They give you like a fifty thousand dollar advance because you know you're not really that hot, but you're bubbling. Man, you have a huge hit song. You went triple platinum. You still have a contract for three albums, but because you've had such a huge, huge uh, hit, then it should renegotiate the contract because you outperformed the contract. So Dave Chappelle clearly outperformed his contract. Yeah. So they should have came to the table with him saying, hey, no, that was your contract, but we plan on releasing your show on these uh platforms just because you 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 were good to us, we'll be good to you and give you, I don't know, like twenty percent of proceeds. Yeah. You know, something like that. They don't have to, but that'd be like a good show of faith. Yep. Because and that's that's all it would be would be yeah. a good show of faith, uh, and that boils down to like what their legal obligation, the moral obligation would be. So yeah. the moral obligation would be to do that, mm-hmm. but legally they wouldn't have to. So even for the scenario with a musician, like legally you signed a contract, sorry, like that's cool you went big, but as a company we still own the rights for this music, and you still owe us this for the contract. So I mean. It's it's one of those situations where for Dave Chappelle, I think morally they should compensate him for going above and beyond or blowing up mm-hmm. um, when they didn't realize that it was going to be that big. Yeah. But legally, they don't have to. Yeah, they don't. Neither because uh, Viacom is the ones that own the rights to the Chappelle show. Yeah. So now they're realizing how much influence Dave Chappelle has. A lot. Because he asked Netflix to to remove it, and they did. Mm-hmm. And he asked HBO Max to remove it, and they did. I think it's only on like one or two more platforms, but that's that's a lot of influence, if you ask me. Yep. If you got these two big players in streaming platforms, to the two one of the two biggest players. Yeah. It's 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 crazy, you know. So it makes me wonder if. If he's asking them what's next, because if they're able to remove it, what are they going to replace it with, with him being that popular? So what? I mean, other- he has Netflix specials. Yeah. Yeah. He signed a a deal with Netflix and um, he's supposed to be releasing a, a few more uh, 
specials with them. So, I mean, just the popularity of that, people are going to watch it, but I bet there's more going on under the table than what everybody's seeing too. So, you know, for Viacom, it's really not too late to, uh, you know, come to the table with Dave Chappelle and try to get those back on the streaming platforms. Yeah, you it's know? just... Cause, uh, you know, Chappelle's show is a classic. You know, they could be on those platforms for decades. Yeah. You know, they're always going to find new um, viewers. Yeah, they will. Yeah, so, you know, they should just come to the table and just bite the bullet, man. Like, it's not, it's really not that serious. In the grand scheme of things. Yeah, no. just give the guy a cut. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that would be what would be morally fair. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just give him a cut. All right, so uh, next up, uh, Nintendo Switch adds, uh, Funimation as its first anime streaming app, Raw or Flaw? I'd say Raw. I'd say they're finally using the Switch or stepping in the right direction for the Switch to be used for its potential. Mm. Is is the Switch considered the next the part of the next gen consoles? Because it came out, what, two years ago, right? Yeah, two years ago. I don't know. It's one of... Yeah. Nintendo kind of just does their own thing. Yeah, Nintendo. So they just... <laughs> They just do whatever they want. So, I mean, it's a good video game console, but it's also kind of like a good tablet, too. I mean, mm. it's it's one of those things that there's a heck of a lot of potential in their platform and what they can do with it, but they just keep it with the video games, it seems. Mm. So by releasing a streaming service, I think that's that's going in the direction where they can make a Nintendo Switch more they're adding more value to it. Yeah. Um I, I thought it was flawed because it's not it's not an exclusive app. No. You know what I mean? You get on your phone, your computer, wherever you want. Yeah. You know, I would much rather watch those animes on my tablet or something as opposed to like on my Switch. Yeah. But you with the Switch mean? you can take it, put it in your TV, unclip it and go and still Everything's yeah. right there. Yeah, so just the ease of it. I understand that. It's kind of like watching Netflix on your PlayStation. Yeah, you know, everybody got a smart TV. You yep. just download the app on your TV. You yeah, know, it's kind of like the same thing, in my opinion. But I think where, um, like I understand the intent, but um, I think where Nintendo went wrong was because you know they always had two platforms, right? You always had the at-home platform and the Game Boy. Yep. Right, but then they just merged the two. Yep. You know, so you just cut your sales in half basically yeah but um, now you can focus just on one console you don't have to split all that focus between everything else that's true but you know i always thought it was a cool thing that they were doing you know yeah. but i don't know maybe they, were, they weren't um the uh handheld consoles weren't as profitable anymore maybe that was the thing and Nintendo is the only, they don't have anybody to compete. And PSP was out for a short bit. And then. Yeah, they only made one PSP, I think. Uh, That's yeah, probably why PSP PlayStation stopped as well. What was it? The other one, the PS Vita. Vita. Yeah. And then after that, it was just nothing like the handholds just aren't much anything because you can do everything on your phone now. Yeah. So you do everything on your phone, your tablet. Nintendo's really the only one that's got a handheld, but it's the only one that you can player in your lap go drop it in a little box and it's automatically on your tv yeah so i mean the that little bit of convenience i think makes a huge difference with nintendo yeah i think so too 
All right, so last but not least, uh, we kind of talked about this a uh, little bit uh, earlier. Warner Brothers announced that they will send all their 2021 movies to HBO Max as well as theaters. So it'll be going both the theaters and the uh, HBO Max app. Yeah. And that's Raw Flaw. I think it. I think it'd be a, a raw take for it. Oh, yeah. Um, just because of now more than anything is the best time mm-hmm. to do that transition to get out of the theaters, get everything straight to streaming. So I think, like what we're seeing is when Netflix was competing with Blockbuster, we're seeing that mm-hmm. early stage, and I think Warner Bros might be on top of it. Yeah, but with that said, though, um, wouldn't it be better to just do the uh, streaming service as opposed to both. It's one of those things where if you do too many drastic changes at one time, people mm-hmm. will probably shun away from it. So I think doing both for the time being would probably be smarter. Yeah. Um, still keeping your options open, but not doing anything too major that's going to make people mm-hmm. sway one way or the other yeah. or completely make people lose interest. Yeah, it's true. Um, also, I, I do think uh, it is a raw move. Because like you were saying, you know, that's what the world's changing into. Um, being able to give people that option, yeah, you know, will be better for you in the long run. But, you know, like we talked about Denzel earlier, you know, they need to be more proactive and communicate with their actors. And, yeah. You know, I guess start drafting up new contracts or make amendments to older contracts yep. to um, help those actors get compensated better for... um those decisions yeah you know so yeah, i think in the long run it'll, it'll it'll be it'll be okay um but you know the world's changing man yeah in the meantime it's gonna be it's there's gonna be a lot of growing pains in the industry movie industry especially yeah and i think we'll shoot just this next year because they haven't been able to film 2021 i mean they pushed everything from 2020 into 2021 so we're gonna have like a year gap where we're not going to be seeing a lot of movies regularly it's just going to be the slow trickle of movies that have been waiting around to be released you know so i gotta give a kudos to netflix because during this whole pandemic right since march basically you know with all the shutdowns and lockdowns and stuff it's been hard for people to film anything right yep but netflix has consistently been releasing movies and tv shows every month like netflix originals yeah like that makes you think how far ahead they are you know like in basically filming things they probably got stuff that they filmed two years ago that they're now releasing yeah they've got to you know it'll just be easier for them to continue that like they got stuff that they're just holding in their bags like just "Mm, we'll release this in a year and a half like yeah like it's just crazy to me how proactive they are. So, Which is good. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, that's it uh, for the show. Uh, thank you guys for joining us again. Catch another episode in a couple weeks. Uh, we hope you guys have a uh, great holiday season and uh, stay safe out there. And um, you got anything to add? No, just uh, stay safe. We'll catch you guys in a couple weeks and take care. All right. Peace.